Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, I have a really important question, perhaps a vital question. Erin, your questions are always vital and important. Oh, thank you so much. But Mm. um, how did people drive before we had backup cameras? Like, I know that I did. I mean, I did for a while. But I, it took it took me a long time to actually get used. This is the first car. My Subaru is the first car I've ever had with a backup camera. And I only got it two years, three years ago. But now, like, do you feel like your car is eating your skills? Like, well, as now cars I'm like, get more advanced? Why do I, I'm like, why do I only have a backup camera? I need a front camera so I can see if I'm about to hit the car in front of me when I'm parallel parking. <laughs> the front camera on your car is called your eyes, Alyssa. You should be using okay. your eyes. Our eyes looking. are valid for the back of the car, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious Um, as ever. This week, we're joined by Dr. Heather Irabunda and Megan Gailey to take on the following questions. Did we need another reminder of why corporations aren't our friends? Why does it seem like everybody is beautiful, but nobody is horny? And is the Super Bowl actually going to be super this year? All this and more right now. Right. By the time people hear this on Thursday, I think pretty much everything that can be said about President Biden's State of the Union on Tuesday night will probably have been said. So I kind of challenged myself, Alyssa, to Mm -hmm. come up with something new to say. Um, So I did a little control F for this. I'm going to give you a little inside 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 into my hashtag process. Um, You know, when I was writing like takes and columns and stuff like really regularly, sometimes what I would do is have to watch a speech and then write about the speech. And after the speech was done, I would just be like, I forgot like 40% right. of what was said. So the old control F trick to be like, how many times did this speech actually mention this? How many times? So I did a control F and did the word women. Okay. Thinking, 
And there was only one mention of the word women. And I was like, aha, this is what we can talk about. And then I did a control F for the word men, and he doesn't say men at all. So I it was, progress. A, it was a weird progress. But progress. Um, interesting, interestingly, um, I know Biden talked a lot about issues that impact women and men, but he said children or child like 21 times. So Which is F. incredible. Well, that was, yeah. and I appreciate that he put it all under the sort of umbrella of there's more to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they've done a lot, but there's a lot more to do. And a lot of his agenda items under a lot more to do were about families, children and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the speech, while it didn't, I, w- I was like running around after my child who is now like a, a feral squirrel, like <laughs> essentially um, listening to it, right? I, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't able to watch it or or Same. participate in the group thread because um, it was chasing this human squirrel around. Um, and I did notice that you can package issues that a lot of women would list as their top concerns without necessarily saying like these are women's issues, right. because issues like the child tax credit, um, making that permanent, those things benefit the country as a whole. And I think that like, it's a very subtle shift, but no longer siloing those things off as like issues that pertain specifically to women and mothers and even just parents, I think is, is some real progress. Oh, I agree. And it's funny because when you watch the state of the union, to me, it's like watching competitive, like slalom skiing, because there are the markers throughout the thing. And you're like kind of looking through your hands like, is he going to do it? Is he going to stick the landing? And honestly, <laughs> I thought that I was a little skeptical going into last night. But I thought he really uh, did a great job with the speech. I, Aaron, honestly, not proud to admit it. Tons of shit I didn't realize he had done. Um, mm-hmm. Tons. Yeah. And, but but he did only talk about abortion for 30 seconds. Yeah. I think that was a choice, as you would say, Alyssa. That was a choice. Um, I think that, you know, I I wish he would have talked about it more, but I also wasn't super upset that he didn't talk about it more. It just, it was like something that we have been talking about nonstop for a year. So I thought maybe it might have gotten more than like a couple sentences of real estate in the speech. But um, I will say, I think it. It hauled the Democratic Party's carcass across the finish line in right. the 2022 elections. So you would think he would give it a little bit more real estate. But anyway, continue what you were going to say. No, no. I was just going to say the thing that – so like you, I did not watch – I watched the first couple of minutes on television, but then I, I finished up listening on my on my phone. And the one thing that literally I had taken my glasses off, I was getting ready for bed. I sat up and like grabbed the marker next to my bed and my piece of paper and wrote down inspectors general. And I woke up and I was like, why did I write this down? I was like, oh, (laughs) because I thought I was it was one of those things he said in the speech. And I was like, "Ah, I feel like we should mention this. So Trump had gotten rid of all the inspectors general. Actually, and I have to be honest, I didn't Google if it's inspector generals or inspectors general. I'm just it's going inspectors with inspectors general, but it, general. It's, it's just silly. Right? It's like Whoppers it's, Jr. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is, and so anyway, Trump got rid of all of them. And uh, I guess everyone was like, well, what the fuck did it matter? Well, turns out that when Biden brought them all back, they found billions of dollars in waste and uh, savings and fraud. And mm. uh, they all those billions of dollars now come off the uh, fucking federal deficit. So that was I was like, that. look at that. 
hired a couple people, saved billions of dollars. I know. It's like sometimes Um, I think the American people don't, rightly, for good reason, don't understand anything that the government does or why it happens. And like that's like a very low-hanging fruit example of a positive government function. Mm -hmm. Indeed. I also thought he handled the hecklers really well. It was, yeah. I did not see that coming. I didn't think that he had it in them. Like, do you think, and maybe someday someone will write about this, do you think that they did, like, some sort of, like, stand-up comedy practice with him where they're like, here's how you take the heckler? Because, like, typically, I mean, not typically, he is not someone who in life has been heckled much, like Barack Obama heckled, Hillary heckled. And so I feel like it's a skill you hone over time. And he went from, like, zero to 60 last night. I was very impressive. I don't know. I I feel maybe he just watched that tape of Bill Burr being heckled in Philadelphia and took (laughs) notes, Um, which I think is not for the faint of stomach, but it is a great example of a comedian handling a heckler. Yeah, good point. He's the Bill Burr of presidents. I think both Bill Burr (laughs) and Joe Biden would not appreciate that comparison, but let's just go with it. I want to say one more thing before we move on to the next part of the conversation. Um, So on Wednesday's episode of What a Day... John Favreau was the they, they interviewed him to talk about the State of the Union, oh, yeah. and they were like, "Oh, is this the beginning of the presidential campaign?" And my, I, the way my stomach flipped, Turn. absolutely not, dude. I get twenty. <laughs> we get twenty twenty three. I think we should pay attention to what's going on this year and not forget any of the circus fuckery that Republicans right. are going to get up to, and not forget any of the serious adult business that Democrats try to get done. Absolutely. Make note. Don't forget. But I, no, no. We just ended a campaign. This is not the start of a new campaign. Too much. No. You get January 1st, 2024. I will concede that that is the start of it because it's the the year that the the election takes place. But it is not starting in 2023. I refuse. (laughs) This is a red line that I am drawing. No. Okay. Um, What else is going on? Oh, Alyssa, what's what's up with the ERA? We get a lot of questions from our listeners about this, and I would and love an update. There is a little action. The ERA got a little action earlier this week. Ooh, uh, nice. Congresswoman Ayanna Presley and Senator Ben Cardin uh, introduced a joint resolution to affirm the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment, removing the arbitrary deadline for ratification and recognizing the amendment as part of the Constitution. Aaron, a little history. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution sets out two requirements for amendments, and the ERA has now met both. It's been approved by two-thirds of both members of Congress, the House in 1971. And Aaron, the bipart- in 1971, the bipartisan vote was like, okay, in the House, it was 354 to 24, and the Senate approved it 84 to 8. So that's the that's what? one big check. Yes, that's one big check mark. And then ratification by three-fourths of the state. Virginia became the 38th state, which we talked about uh, back in the day, to ratify the ERA in January of 2020. Now, still has a little ways to go. Still has okay. a little ways to go. But okay. filibuster still exists, which is a bit of a problem for passing it through the Senate. But... We do have Senator Murkowski and Senator Susan Collins. I mean, she has proved an ally on this issue. Um, but And Senator Chuck Schumer has promised a vote before April on this. Okay. So, Aaron, to overcome the filibuster, Democrats must either convince nine Republicans to vote to end the filibuster or carve out an exception to the filibuster rule 
for the ERA joint resolution. One, I would definitely be in favor of that. And two, the reason, just to remind everybody that this is important, is because Roe v. Wade decided on privacy. If the Equal Rights Amendment were passed, you could say, I don't know, Aaron, that we have equal protection and should decide what happens to our bodies ourselves. Exactly. Uh, And that would be great. But, man, this is... When I say morass, this is such a like morass. And uh, because of uh, a law that was uh, passed, I think, in the 70s while they were working to get all the states to ratify yep. it, it, put kind of an arbitrary time limit on it, which is not something that's actually constitutional. And Right. Oh, gosh. Um, I would love for the area to be ratified, and I would love to see uh, conservative legal scholars try to wiggle their way out of yeah. that. Yeah, explain to us. Explain. Yeah. Explain. Explain. Um, okay. Uh, one quick update, or, or not, not an update. This is kind of an ongoing news story. But Alyssa, corporations are not your friends. They're never your friends. What? Are they? They're people? not your friends. <laughs> are they, they are not, not people either? You you might work for one. <laughs> they might provide you with subpar insurance coverage that you have to pay eight hundred dollars a month for anyway, out of pocket. Um, but they're not your friends, and they're not. I I think. We should pay close attention when companies use uh, popular groundswell moments to jump mm-hmm. on bandwagons. Um, and then once the attention is no longer on them or on that particular news story, they go ahead and just support the other side. So, um, you know, that's, you know, corporations sponsoring pride parade floats, right. you know, that, that right. actually have the go ahead and turn around and contribute to anti-LGBTQ lawmakers. This kind of shit happens all the time. Companies after Dobbs came down last June uh, pledged that they would support abortion access and then have given money to politicians who have pledged to prosecute people who take abortion pills. So hmm. they're trying to get the good PR out of being like, we support women. We support choice and then be like, oh, we actually we actually support you because you're the one that's in power. Um, That's which you know what? And like, I'm going to be a little I don't know. This isn't maybe popular, but I kind of understand why some of these companies who have businesses in certain states give to certain lawmakers. However, uh oh, it makes perfect sense. However, perfect sense. The pack they don't giving to a pack that has one issue and that issue is anti-abortion. There's no explaining that away. None. None mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. So let's let's air these uh, companies out a little bit. I mean, I don't think that these are companies that everyone was like, what? No, they're so no. good. Uh, but in the aftermath of the Supreme Court decision, um, Amazon, Chevron, Boeing, and Walmart, I told you they were not like companies that everyone's like, oh, good. My rights. Yeah. Walmart will protect them. Yeah. We're not narking on, on Patagonia here. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not like revealing that Boeing <laughs> has been up to no good. Like people, <laughs> people know. Um, but they did pledge to pay for employees to travel uh, across, uh, to travel to access abortion and, uh, you know, made a big splashy deal of that. Meanwhile, they spent thousands of dollars to reelect Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall, who is the one who said that he would prosecute people who took abortion pills, which is, God, nothing creepier than a pro-life old man. Gotta yes, say. We, if we've said it once, we've said it a creepy. million times. We, we will say it until we're blue in the face, but it is creepy and it needs to be normalized. Like, just... <laughs> 
step back when you see a pro-life old man and think about how creepy it was. Like, it's just... Anyway, um, so, you, you know, these companies have uh, given, like, thousands of dollars to Marshall's campaign. In Alabama, uh, Amazon gave 7500 to Marshall's campaign. Walmart gave 2500 Chevron gave 5000 And Boeing gave Marshall 2000 So this is like, oh, and Amazon also gave the Republican Attorney General Association $50,000 in November 2022, which was the same month that—, that you know, aforementioned Chucklefuck was elected chair of the group. And it's it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. I mean it does make sense because what they're trying to do is retain power while also like winning some like brownie points. Have their cake but, and eat it too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think it's important to keep on top of these developments because it a corporations are not your friends and b when they are this aggressively not your friends they should be called out and held to account um this report was from uh citizens for ethics and we will link to it in our show notes um ooh, we have this story made me disturbing yeah Okay, so there's a philosophy paper that has been platformed by fox news and the daily mail that has gone viral Um, It poses the question of whether or not people who are brain dead, women, anybody capable of of being pregnant, should be used as surrogates. So, like, if you can donate organs, why can't you do whole body gestational donation? The paper was published by a Norwegian philosopher last fall in the Journal of Theoretical Medicine and Bioethics. And it began making the rounds uh, when it hit like tabloids. Uh, Alyssa, what do you what do you make of of this question? Erin, <sighs> this made me uncomfortable. <laughs> this, I mean, a couple things. One, it got lift from like Fox and the Daily Mail because they were saying that basically like our bodies should just be used for it. The paper itself suggests that you could opt have a personal choice, like on the back of your driver's license, and be like, I choose to donate my organs and my body for to be a gestational carrier. Um, I can't. Okay, here's my fundamental. Haven't, I have not birthed a child. I will never birth a child. I don't have children. Um, however, I have a hard time understanding how you explain to your child where they came from if you were to go with this method. This seems very hard to understand and explain to a person of any age. Like, I, I mean, this this seems like science gone too far. That's my opinion. I think that, yeah, the paper itself, I don't think, was as disturbing as right. the headline from the paper. And like... It's a philosopher published it in a journal of like theoretical medical bioethics. So, you know, they're they're arguing extreme examples. I don't think this is like on the verge of becoming law. But I think putting something like this in people's heads and the reason that this question has gone viral is because so many women right now feel as though their government views them as incubators and nothing more. Exactly. And that they don't, the human inside of the body doesn't matter. As long as the body can be used to create babies, you're not, you're not really a person. And it's, it's pretty gross. I also think that if this were to become something that was an option, I I hate to say, this isn't going to be an unpopular thing to say. 
Okay. I'm currently an organ donor. Mm-hmm. If uh, you know, if I were to die, you can harvest whatever. Take yes. take it, man. Take my heart. Take my. I, it's a good heart. You know, like it's a long distance runner's Lovely. heart. Like it would keep like six Dick Cheney's alive. You know. <laughs> um, but if the option were to include whole body donation, that would make me less likely to want to donate any of my organs because I wouldn't want like mission creep. You know what I mean? I would yes, like worry no, that absolutely. I had Aaron, I had the same exact thought when I was reading it. I was like, well, if I check in theory, if I check this box, like all of these people who are denying women abortions, would they also be like, she's in pretty good shape. Let's just say she's, you know, she's 99% brain dead so that we can use her body for like it feels like people would start um I don't know, using their best judgment instead of science. <laughs> Yes. And also, isn't the idea that a person gave birth while in a coma used as like some of the motivation behind the reason that Uma Thurman kills Bill? Isn't that part of it? Like it's it's part of the horror of her backstory is like she's in a coma and then she gave birth and there was this gross hospital employee who was like sexually abusing her comatose body. Like the notion that a woman's comatose body could be used for reproductive or sexual purposes yep. is like literally a, a device in Hollywood that that like, you know, motivated some pretty bloody punching. I'm going <laughs> to say it's been a while since I've seen that movie. I should watch it again and see if it holds up because I don't know if it would. We'll see. Um, oh, we have a toast. We have a oh, toast. Such a good one. Aaron. Yeah, this is. Oh, go toast. ahead. No, you toast. Okay. No, you toast. You toast. We can split Let's the toast. toast. Okay, we're, toasting. we're toasting. Toasting. Okay. Okay, Aaron. We saw a tweet that said, publishing company will offer free black history ebooks, specifically in Florida. And it's Haymarket Books. They tweeted oh, back. Haymarket. It's Great. us. We're the publishing company. And just cheers to you in a world where insane things are being taken out of AP exams and kids aren't being taught certain things. The fact that there is a corporation, Haymarket Books, that's like, you know what? We're going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. It is. Mm -hmm. It's toast worthy. It's absolutely toast worthy. Haymarket Books. And this is not a paid ad. We're just giving them a shout out. Um, haymarketbooks.org, they publish a lot of really cool, progressive, um, interesting, thoughtful stuff. Mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody um, who's interested in adding to their reading list and adding to their brain, uh, check out Haymarket Books and some of the titles that they publish. Um, I also wanted to say that this whole topic, the Haymarket releasing free mm-hmm. ebooks in places where they're trying to, to restrict the flow of information, gives me hope about how futile the effort will be uh, for Republicans to shut down the flow of information to young people in the age of the internet. I just think of the average Fox News viewer, uh, the average Republican elected official. Um, You know, I don't think that they're very good at even avoiding like phishing scams. You know, these people can't can't (laughs) beat children at the internet. Youth will always figure out a way to master technology that completely yes. has bodied their parents and grandparents. So it just it, it just reminded me that, you know, 
as long as there are people out there who want to get the information to young people and young people who want to get the information mm -hmm. that elected officials are trying to, to keep from them, I think they're going to figure out ways to get it. I think it's a losing game for the Ron DeSantis's of the world. It is a losing game for Ron DeSantis. But the one thing and and that I would say is like you and I growing up, we had jobs after school, you know, like you only have as a young person, you only have so much time in the day. So when you're getting assigned reading, that's actually not expanding your mind. And that's the reading you have to do to pass the exams that they're making you take. It's it's fucked up as can be. But at least at least Haymarket is giving people is giving people resources to self-educate. Good toast. And on that note, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Alyssa's favorite topic, horniness. Oh, man. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. 
which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a thirty year old yep. still has, where it's just like a ball of string, and you're like, um, our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now, and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a on a short weekend trip, and they still looked great. It was like, Dad. Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. And welcome back. Alyssa, you know, before the break, I goaded you about how you don't like to talk about. I like to goad you. I like to prod you. Um, We're talking about horniness today, but not in the way that that a person might expect. It's sort of about the kind of disconnect between actual people acting out and having sex and being sexual versus displaying sexuality. And I... Could not be more excited about the group that we have to talk about that today. First, she's a comedian who hosts two podcasts, Megan Fun of Sports and, God, I love that title, and I Love a Lifetime Movie. You know her, you love her. It's Megan Gailey. Hello, signing in, not horny, but we'll see by the end of the show. I'm hopeful. I will do my best to make everyone extremely horny. That is my vibe Overall, um, <laughs> true story, Megan. One time, I uh, was I was at some press Republican press thing or whatever, and mm, I was talking to a woman who was like a leftist, whatever. 
And she told me once that one of her editors was trying to encourage her to do more like video stuff. You know, like Aaron Ryan, but like sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I find what you do to be very sexy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Rounding out the panel. Uh, She is a Brooklyn-based OB, a reproductive and sex health advocate, an army vet, my favorite MD on TikTok. We are so excited to welcome back to the show Dr. Heather Irabunda. Heather, hi. Hi. How's everyone? Um, I saw something on your Instagram and I really want you to talk about it. Um, what is this with you having to s- dispel a myth about beard discoloration? Can you explain to us what the myth was and what you had to say? So TikTok, you know, is the home of all great random information and so there were all of these (laughs) videos that were like if you know you know with like you know the actual acronym and essentially it was like people showing their partner's beard with little like red hairs in it and they were like yeah basically they believed that the beard, the the change in the color of their partner's beard was due to the vaginal secretions from cunnilingus, friends. Cunnilingus. Cunnilingus. I think it's just you have Irish people in your family. I think that's what it is. So because I love research so much, I took a deep dive into why this was happening. I was like, I was like, in a practical sense, this can't be a thing because then we would all have like red or blonde pubes, like all of us, <laughs> right? Like I would have like red or blonde pubes. And I was like, let me look down there and check. Yeah, still not red or blonde. And <laughs> like, you know, I just wanted to know. And so it's like one of two things. One is that there's this like, so the gene for red hair is actually, it's like a gene mutation. You have to have two of them in order to have just straight up red hair. But (laughs) there are people who have just one mutation, not two. So some of their hair can turn red over time. And that's probably what the partner has or they're turning gray and some people turn red before they turn gray. And yes. so, friends, it's not your the pH of your vaginal secretions, even if you have a yeast infection, which is, you know, you do what you want. Um, they like that's not acidic enough to turn your hair blonde or red. So basically, I did a lot of research on what could be going on here because Obviously, I don't know everything about like bleaching hair, whatever. And so what was interesting is that there are two genes that need to be mutated in order to, or two copies of a gene that need to be mutated for you to have red hair just straight up, right? But if you only have one of them mutated, then your hair can turn red or some of your strands can turn red. And that's what's probably going on in their beard. People thought it was kind of like, you know how people use lemon juice to like um, dye their hair? <laughs> so they thought like vaginal secretions <laughs> were acidic enough to bleach beard oh. hair, right? But that's like not true because lemon juice is way more acidic 
bang your badge. Come on, <laughs> I was going to say that. Like? So I just felt like I taught a lot of science <laughs> in biology. I was going to say, if, if, if like vaginal secretions have the same pH as lemon juice, then Beyonce's lemonade takes on an entirely different meaning. Um. Yeah. I know. Uh, okay. So that was, I saw that and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask her in person what this was about <laughs> um, because that is wild. Um, and that's part of the reason that I am really glad that you're a part of this conversation today. We're going to kind of talk about something that's been percolating, I guess, in, in the discourse for a while. And that is that young people are having less sex than any of the previous generations who would willingly admit how much sex they were having. Um, And, you know, at the same time, we're sort of living in an age where image and sexiness are something that we're constantly being both bombarded with and projecting. So, um, Heather, have you noticed a... I guess I guess a similar decrease in the amount of sexual activity that young people are having or have you noticed that there's like a downturn in people actually having sex? Anecdotally, I would say yes actually because I feel like whenever I talk to my younger patients like my Gen Z patients, they're just like I don't really trust people. I don't really trust that they don't have STDs. Um people are lame. No one wants to be in a relationship. <laughs> Like, fuck people. <laughs> and so I don't deal with that, which I'm like, wow, like we got a lot of a lot of stuff to unpack there <laughs> where it's like I'm usually trying to be like, hey, like you don't have to be afraid that you're going to contract an STI, sexually transmitted infection, if you do certain things. You know what I mean? And I just feel like because there's so much information out there, people are like super scared of everyone else. And I, that's, that's the vibe I pick up from younger folks. So yes, I think anecdotally, this is like, this is the most encouraging that I've had to be to my patients about like having sex with Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is very interesting. That's so interesting. And then, you know, meanwhile, we have, there's some kind of good outcomes to that too. Like historically low rates of teen pregnancy, um, and all the, you know, STDs among teenagers, I am assuming would be commensurately lower if they're having less sex. But also as you move into your twenties, you, you become an adult animal <laughs> and you need some sort of physical affirmation of, you know, your, your own humanity. And so losing that seems like it's a little bit of a loss. Um, Megan, the topic for today came from an article called Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny. I wonder what your first impression or reaction was to that topic. I think it makes sense. And also, every time I've been here as of late, I'm like, this is an intervention for me. (laughs) Um, Because I think I also probably fall into that a little bit. Like, as as I was looking at everything for today, it's like we're, we're also, quote unquote, coming out of a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's like people that were dating or having sex over the last three years with new people, I'm sure there was a sharp decline in that. And if you think about the social media or the front facing aspect of it, when you have sex, it's with one other person. So you are getting 
hopefully validation or something that of that, like along those lines from one person. But if you are out in the world posting or existing at a restaurant in a very sexy outfit, that draws a lot more attention and validation than just intercourse with one person. And so it's it's kind of like a, a sit-down dinner as opposed to a buffet. And <laughs> we we also have all of these different tools to be intimate with ourselves. Is that an oxymoron? But uh, we don't necessarily need another person in the room to orgasm anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are less, a lot of women specifically, uh, are less likely to orgasm when there is a, another person in the room, which is Thank an Thank you. An enti- Thank you. An entirely separate set of complaints. Um, Alyssa, one of the things that they talk about in the article was about the way that movies have gotten less sexy. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking the other night about and, you know, there's there's a bunch of reasons, like in- industry reasons, like trying to get past Chinese censors, for example, is one reason that movies are less horny right. than they used to be. But, um, you know, Alyssa, I was thinking about the genre of, like, the horny date movie from, like, the mm-hmm. 80s into, like, the late 90s. And do you, rem- do you remember this genre? Like, what are some examples of the, the horny date movie? And does it exist today? Well, like, wasn't Weird Science kind of a horny date movie? Like, oh, I'm thinking like Basic Instinct was like (laughs) a horny guys. You have to okay. We're talking date movie for me. (laughs) Different period of time than for you guys. Okay, so like, don't mind while I flash back to John Hughes. Um, and actually, Basic Instinct I watched with my parents for the first time. Wow. But it was, but, yes, like disclosure. Yes. Like sexual yeah, thrillers. See, I was in also, college. I was in college for all that, yeah. you guys. But I would throw Fast and the Furious in, too. Oh I've almost God. never made it through a I was like one. in menopause like when that came out. <laughs> the Wait, but guys, my favorite part, the most scene I felt in this entire article was when they flash back to 1982 and talk about Poltergeist and how like Craig T. Nelson, who was in it, was like kind of paunchy and he had like a beer belly, but he still was like sexy and fun and like so is his wife. And they talk about how like the houses are different now in movies that like now everything is like pristine and sterile and mm-hmm. like and like it back in the back in the eighties, quote, the houses look real too. There are toys and magazines scattered on the floor. There are cardboard boxes waiting to be unpacked. Framed pictures rest against the wall. The parents haven't gotten around to uh, mounting them yet. The kitchen counters are cluttered cluttered and mealtimes are rambunctious and sloppy. Guys, if there was ever a description of me as a person, it is that description of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I just have things leaning up against the wall waiting to be hung. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Heather, um, what – I mean, and this is kind of stepping outside of your your office. um, But to you, what is performing sex or sexiness look like versus, like, actually doing it? So that's what I actually find really interesting in like social media, because I feel like even some of the folks who like you would say are like, you know, sexy and they're like performing sexy and whatnot. Like if you really talk to them, sometimes they're like, yeah, I like don't really even have mm-hmm. sex like that. There's like some TikTok person who like writes like the most raunchy, weird, like I my TikTok algorithm is like <laughs> hot mess. Like I get the most weird, ridiculous stuff. And there's this chick cupcake 
who like apparently is a virgin is like never had sex but all of her songs are about sex and she's wearing like sexy stuff and so it's like very interesting because I feel like there's this kind of like outward performance aspect to sex now that like people are like yeah that's just like what I do out there but like in my real life I don't really I'm not into that Mm -hmm. like I'm not into like the intimacy I don't really want to touch people I think there are a lot of you know I think with the pandemic people are like afraid of catching you know COVID or something and so I think that it's really put up a wall for people and so now it's like let's do this all on like you know like in a mm-hmm. virtual way. So I think it's kind of interesting. So it's like a freak in the streets, but a lady in the sheets. <laughs> yeah. <kind of. laughs> yeah. The opposite of what we all were taught. It's, right? a, it's a phenomenon that goes past social media. I see it a lot in stand up, and it'll be like, Almost women, especially that have very sexual acts that I know to not be sexual beings. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about yeah. that? What do you mean? I don't really. It's like it's people who have, you know, sort of crafted a brand around talking a lot about sex and hookups and having sexual partners and the type of sex they like. And then they have had like the same partner for 15 years or Mm -hmm. they are they're like they will say to you like I actually haven't had sex in four years um but it's like they've either they feel like they can't pivot or they feel it's very empowering to be able to talk about especially women's sexuality in that way so I think it's just I don't know. It's it's the same as people being like my wife and they've been divorced for five years. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you just don't want to write new jokes too. You're <laughs> like, <"Well." laughs> um, Alyssa, what uh, do you think that sex is less stigmatized now than it was before? And so it's like people are having it less because it's like less naughty. I don't think it's that it's less naughty. I think it's that you can kind of find it anywhere. Like when 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 I was growing up, uh, you know, you had to go. There was like the occasional naughty movie that would be like in a theater, like if you could get into rated R. Then there was like the one friend who maybe had Cinemax. You know, you'd watch something at like 11 o'clock at night. But other than that, there was not the like I didn't have I didn't grow up with the Internet. You know, to me, learning about sexuality came from like MTV honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I think now it's just yeah. different that it's it's just everywhere. You can find whatever you specifically are interested in anywhere. And so it's like you don't have to maybe put up with limited resource. Like you're not funneling all your effort into one channel. You know what I mean? You can kind of scattershot and see what works for you. And yeah. um, and I feel like... Well, I remember like we I had MTV growing up and, you know, when I was just like a little Midwestern teen who like wasn't allowed to date. And I remember being so intimidated by what I saw on MTV. Like, MTV Spring Break, I was like, that is how college mm-hmm. kids oh, act? Yeah. Heather, mm-hmm. Heather, you're mm-hmm. nodding big time. Did you have a similar experience? Oh, yeah. I was, like, your little first-gen parents. Are, like, dad's Nigerian. Like, my parents, like, don't talk about sex. Like, I wasn't explained like what my parents <laughs> did or whatever. It was just like, and now you don't even look at boys. I went to all girls wow. school, <laughs> Catholic school. Yeah, it was. A teen. <laughs> I did grow up in New York, so I did get some things <laughs> just by walking down the street. But yeah, I remember watching MTV and being like, "Whoa, this is intense!" Like, 
is, is it like you just turn 18 and then you take like you know you wear bikinis and you're like asses right. out like on the beach on right. spring break is this like what we do right like, you like suddenly know, know how to take body shots or whatever you don't you know like the procedure exactly. and like the etiquette around taking a a shot off of some stranger's navel in Cancun like I remember seeing that display and being like Oh my God, I am I'm gonna have to really play catch up when I when I get to college. And um Megan, you're kinda nodding. And the oh, video yeah, the videos too. Yeah. And, and like music yeah. videos. Like I remember being like, I'm a hip hop fan. Yeah. So like I literally would see these videos that I'm like, so let me try to teach myself how to <laughs> work and let me see, like, is this like is this what sexy and sex means? Like, I, like, that's where I got all my knowledge. Even, like, what things were, you know? Like, all the different, like, you know, terminologies for, like, fellatio and whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? You learn so much stuff from mm-hmm. MTV. And now you can just Google it. <laughs> I I watched an infuriating and somewhat heartbreaking and interesting documentary about the guy who created Girls Gone Wild mm. and so much what a of piece that, of shit yes Joe Francis and, and like it, was it Joe yeah. Francis yes yeah, Joe and, Francis. and he's like yes. somehow even worse in his personal life than than <laughs> in his business life but wow. it, it, like so much of I think Aaron what you're talking about and like what and, and Dr. Heather what we were seeing was so synonymous with alcohol and being like having alcohol poured on you but then also like being really needing to get drunk to be able to put yourself in a situation where you're willing to like flash your boobs for a camera <laughs> and I I want to give credit to the younger generation. I don't, I think they probably have a much healthier relationship with substances mm-hmm. and with also having boundaries of like, oh, I remember the first time I had a boyfriend be like, hey, when you're really drunk, I actually don't want to have sex with you. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was like every man's dream. <laughs> and I think there's been an evolution of like, no, that's actually. That's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's bad, and and that is not consent, and it also might not feel good. For, like, if you even think about, like, the reason he was saying he was like, it makes me feel icky. Like, it makes me feel like I'm a bad guy. It's weird, mm-hmm. and oh. and so I think that there's been a positive changing of the tide there too. But here's my my kind of thought on that. I think it, there is a positive changing of the tide, but I also think about you know these kids, <laughs> these kids. <I> <laughs> But they, you know, we got the internet in our house when I was like 14, right? And most people now have had it since way younger and most people have had it with way faster speeds and most people have had that one friend who had bad parents who let them access pornography. And so kids are seeing, here's me putting myself in that headspace. I'm a, I'm a nine-year-old girl and I oh. see pornography. I would be like, nope, I am out, opt out. Nope, not doing this, not doing any of it, not interested, no thank you. And I feel like the pornography is like an extreme example, but like even the the specialized stuff that you can find that's like not pornography, but that still is like, oh, this is the perfect looking version of this type of woman. This is the perfect looking version of this type of man. Like if you're surrounded by this like AI aided, photoshopped, airbrushed, filtered perfection, 
I think there gets to be a point where you're just like, nope, I'm not not doing this. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. Does that seem to make sense to you guys? I don't know. Also, do you feel like um, basically that all the stories that Gen Zers have heard from um, people who did engage in this life, they were like, what did you get from it? Like, guys, okay, we all know that I am not a horny person. I am not a overtly sexual person, like by any stretch. And let me tell you something. I tried. I tried best as I could to live my inner sex in the city life, which came out right when I graduated college. And like going to uh, polyesters and making out with the guy, the Welsh paratrooper, who it turned out was neither Welsh nor paratrooper, contributed nothing, (laughs) nothing to my life. Nothing. You heard it here first. Like, it just didn't. And if Volpe and Kara are listening, we all know the Welsh paratrooper I speak of. And so, like, maybe they're just like, what good did it do? What go- Watch all of Sex in the City. Where did it net out for everybody? Ah! Like, so it's like, mm-hmm. just do what you want to do. Like, it's like, I feel like a lot of what everybody was doing in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s was like performative to live up to something. And then everyone was like, the fuck? This isn't fun. Cool. I'm tired. These people suck. Like, maybe I'll just wait it mm-hmm. out. So do you think that the projection of sexuality, like this, I feel like now there's been a break. Like people understand that there's like a huge difference between the performance of sexuality and actually being sexual. It's like, it's like it's become self-aware. Heather, you're nodding. I would, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on this. It's true. I think that um, it's so interesting because even the discussion of consent, right? Like, I think that even as a doc, we talk about that a lot more with our patients, even in the type of work that I do as a gynecologist. And then it spills out into like, I have these conversations with adolescent patients, like, you know, how, you know, are you dating anybody? Are you, you know, interested in anybody? Like, do you feel like you can speak up for yourself? What does that look like? Do you understand what these concepts mean? And I think that's being introduced because I'm like, I never had that experience as a patient, like when I was, you know, getting my first pap at like 18, like it didn't happen. It was like, get up on the bed. This is what you have to do. And like, get over yourself. Sorry about that. There's somebody actually hand gliding from my building right now that I was and I'm like, and my dog what? is like, um, who is that? I think they're clean. I think they're clean. Oh, the that sounds fun. Because I that sounds the- awesome. Yeah, and I'm on the 28th floor, so it's like. Really, I mean, who um, needs sex when you can hang weird. glide off a 28th floor? Yeah, <laughs> I know it's wild. It's wild, but yeah, like I just find that there's this disconnect. Like people are just very much like you know set. Like I feel like older generations were more sexually free. Like, okay, like I have sex with like, you know, kind of like whatever, like I can make out and that's fine. Right. And I feel like I, I meet a lot of patients that are like, wait, like, should I be doing this? Can I do this? Like, is this okay? Like, what does this all mean? Like, and then you can even see it like in social media stuff, the questions that like get asked where people are just like, I mean, like, but do we all have to be having sex? And you're like, wow, this is not a question that I never, like I ever even thought. I was like, we have to be, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what all of the inputs that I've been getting from MTV, from my friends, from even, you know, from everything. It's like, 
you're supposed to like date. And like now it's like even, I think people are just not even into like what we consider traditional Uh too. It's like, you know, there's all different types of relationships and like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that it's really changed the framework by which the younger generations are looking at relationships and intimacy and stuff. And we're seeing the results of that. And maybe that means less Mm -hmm. sex. Do you think that it's, Megan, do you think that it's that sex is so saturated and like everything out there is available? And so it's just like not exciting anymore because none of it is like, there's nothing new under the sun. I think there's probably some truth to that. And just sort of like, they may be overcorrecting. Like, I I hope my son's generation is like, ew, get off my phone. Like, they don't want (laughs) to be on technology because we've been so technology-driven that, yeah, like, it. it, that's got to be it. I don't know. This is, like, making me feel really old, too, because I'm even thinking about, like, dating in terms of it was a means to an end where it was like, well, I want to get married and have a family. And so I was like, well, I was a slut in my 20s. And then I was a slut until CJ, basically. Um, And thank God he doesn't listen to this. He knows that. But it's like, oh, wow. That if, if, if you don't want to get married and have children, you may be like, I don't need to do this unless it's making me feel good. And I just feel like I am hearing a lot of feedback that it does not make people feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find that to be the case also. Because I think that even like maybe – Megan, you and I are like – you're a couple years younger than me. But we're like effectively the same age, right? Yes. Um, I think that a lot of people that I went to college with and, and – granted, I did go to a Catholic school, so maybe it skews a little bit more – conservative than average. But I feel like a lot of people, even when they were living out their like slut years, were doing it partly because like with the awareness that eventually they would. They they couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, well, this is it something that It had an expiration date. Exactly. And it's like, this is something that isn't very much fun for me right now, but it's what I'm supposed to be doing until I get uh-huh. to an age where I um, meets, I'm ready to meet somebody that I would want to marry. Right. It's the kissing the frog is probably the less, the less wild way to say slut phase, (laughs) but it all, the end of all of those was like, and then I'll be rewarded with the right thing. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, even people in every single generation have gone and, and my reward is taking care of another person (laughs) or whatever it is. It's like that reward has started to sound pretty shitty to some people. (laughs) Yeah, one thing that we um, haven't really, like, gotten into much, we, we mentioned, like, movies and stuff, um, and the article that inspired this topic uh, talks about entertainment and, like, Marvel superheroes being, like, like attractive, like, hot, but they don't have sex. Like, the uh-huh. Marvel superheroes don't fuck. And, you know, part of that is because, I you know, I wasn't kidding. Like, Hollywood makes a lot of movies for the biggest movie market in the world, which is China. And your movie will not play in China if you've got like, you know, Superman and and Wonder Woman doing 69 or whatever, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not going to (laughs) fly. But also I think there's something to be said about, you know, culture influences, society influences culture. And, um, Alyssa, I, I understand that you have some experience with like censorship because you, Believe it I was or not. censored. You were too horny for something. I was 
Imagine, guys, I was too horny for China and Walmart, apparently. Um, wow. When we when we Good were doing the cover, the cover for my first book is a picture of uh, President Obama and I sharing a seat on a on a on the plane. And in China, they changed it. And, and Japan, China and, J- and Japan, it was changed. The cover was changed to a picture of him standing and me looking up at him adoringly. Oh! Um. And on the second oh, book, on the second book, uh, we were talking, we were making a joke about my IBS and also like trusting your gut. And the title was originally supposed to be like, oh God, guys, I can't even remember the title of my book and I don't have a copy here, but it was supposed to be like, the, the final thing was supposed to be like, and not giving a shit. And they were like, mm, Walmart's not going to sell that. And I was like, what? And So sex and poop there again. Yes. And wow. then there was a wow. picture of me, one of the pictures. And again, I, I don't have the cover here, but it was there was one where I was like very clearly sitting on a toilet and one where it was more like just like a prop. And we went with the one that was more like a prop because sitting on the toilet, problem for China and Japan. <laughs> Wow. You know, in the early in that, 90s, oh, they would have let man. you run. They would have let you run with that in the early 90s. A that, are you kidding? Time. It would have been so great. And now they're like, button it up, Alyssa. <laughs> with the with the sharing of the airplane seat, it's like they're the ones who sexualized it. It's the same. Right. I, I there is like the nothing. Geo, the GOP does this about children all the time. It's like you're the ones making them chew. Like it's like they're children. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you were working together. That was oh, it, yeah. and I've and totally like you know, it was very proper. <gasps> it was very proper. Wow. Well, wow. there you have it, Alyssa Mastermonico, a uh, a symptom of our censor sex symbol, censor sex symbol, <laughs> sexiest sexiest White House worker alive. Oh, mm-hmm. good. from mm-hmm. your lip, from there your you lips go. to God's ears. <laughs> I would buy that People magazine issue for sure. Yeah, buy for it. sure. I would, I would buy it. And my I would over the shoulder. We've got to keep those shoulders covered, though, because oh, they're if always you covered. are in the Missouri House of Representatives, you they come are for me. violating because you're too sexy with your arms and, Guys, and stuff like that. Every day. Um, every but, day. I'm too sexy. Just too, too sexy. sexy. Just what too is, sexy. you know, Dr. Heather, as a gynecologist, how many shoulders do you look at? <laughs> That's actually a very interesting question. I actually see more armpits than shoulders. <laughs> Hear me out. Breast exam. So, <laughs> right, exam. right, right. I'm, oh, exactly. I'm self-examining. I'm self-examining. I think you can use a you can use an an armpit as like a a, a vessel to put a penis in too, though I believe. Oh, <laughs> Megan, I don't know. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. all on, these things are on TikTok. Megan, like, yeah, anywhere where there's a bend. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is the yeah, horniest the show has ever been. Thank you, Megan Gailey. <laughs> I'm hot. Oh, that I'm hot. Oh, yeah, because I said a vessel for a penis. You know, that's really tipping the scales up. Yeah, well, a vessel for a penis is, if you if you Google that, you got to have safe search on because you will get some, <laughs> yes, you know, some you do. 1970s results. I'll get reported at my job. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to do Sanity Corner slash I Feel Pet. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue 
Panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw. I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. And welcome back. Before we get to Sandy Petty this week, we have a couple of announcements. And Alyssa, I just want to make a note that we're not calling it housekeeping anymore because Caroline specifically does not like the word housekeeping. She doesn't. (gasps) And we respect Caroline. And so we will find (gasps) numerous other words to mock housekeeping. (laughs) Yes. uh, Keeping of the house. The tidying. We got a tidy. tidy. Marie condoing the punk, the podcast. <laughs> we need to Marie condo the information from our brains. No, she found her real self. Alyssa, we are excited to announce the return of Stuck with Damon Young, an original podcast from Crooked and Spotify. On this show, award-winning author Damon Young has returned for more off-the-cuff conversations inspired by today's most culturally relevant headlines and roundups of Damon-approved listener-submitted questions. He's joined by some of the brightest minds and boldest voices of the Black community, including Kise Lehman, Roy Wood Jr., Elaine Welteroth, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and more. The trailer is live right now, and the first episode drops on February 16th. Listen to Stuck with Damon Young for free only on Spotify. Hey, Alyssa, I like your shirt. Like your shirt? Where'd you get it? Got it it's from the same shirt. You guys <laughs> can't see. This is a this is an audio medium, but we're wearing the same shirt. Same shirt. Wearing the same petty. shirt. It's a, it says petty, and it's a sweatshirt, and it's, and it's in perfect. new colors. So this is. I love this sweatshirt. I wear it around running errands. I wear it for laying around. It pairs well with other lay around clothing that I own, and I always get approving smiles when I when I wear it in public. Um, it'll keep you cozy during your next hysteria listening sesh, and uh, you can wear your cold heart on your sleeve with two new colors of your favorite. Petty sweatshirt. Visit crooked.com slash store to get yours. Uh, I actually have an I feel petty that is like not super petty. It's more about like a vexing encounter I had. I'm vexed. Okay. I'm flummoxed. I am perplexed. Are there other confused? I'm confused. Okay. So I was at Trader Joe's the other day with my daughter and she has discovered waving. 
She loves to wave at people. Um, And she waves kind of like doesn't know how to do it. And she just like, for whatever reason, she really, really gravitates toward some people and other people. She's sort of like, yeah, you're fine, whatever. (laughs) Um, But she just, you know, she'll give people a big smile and she's got these two teeth with a huge gap in between and they're just like two little baby teeth. It's really cute. So we're at Trader Joe's and she really decides she likes this this guy. She likes looking at this guy. And the guy kind of looks oh. like Mitch Hedberg when he was performing. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, a comedian who had like longish hair and like tinted glasses, sort of looked like a like Kurt a Cobain. Yeah, but like a yeah, like a strung out kind of or like stoner looking kind of dude. The guy was wearing like a full-on vest. He was like dressed up and he had like long hair and tinted glasses. And um, was listening to headphones. And Juniper was just, like, looking at him and waving and smiling. And he was, like, loving it. He, like, smiled and waved and whatever. And he was, like, oh, she's she's so beautiful. And I was, like, thank you so much. Continue shopping. 30 seconds later, he comes up to me and he goes, and just so you know, you look really beautiful, too. So, just A, I had, no, I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm not fishing for, for whatever, for validation. I don't, I don't need it. I am confused because I did not look beautiful. And I don't know why he said that to me. And I don't oh, know why. Oh, I know I why. Like, I w- why did he say that to me? Because he walked away and he like overanalyzed his interaction yeah. with Juniper. And he was like, oh, shit. He was trying to be sensitive. And like, yeah. you maybe didn't look your most beautiful. And he wanted to like make your day. He was like, he she's said beautiful it. and so yeah. are you. And it might not I have been correct, like, but I feel like it was well-intentioned. <laughs> it I was like I'm 100% yes with Alyssa. It was like stoner. Like, he he gave yeah. me vibes like perhaps well, he, he is. was probably high and he panicked. And really thought about it and was like, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, he Shit. thought about it. What did oh I do? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told I told Josh the story like after like a couple hours after it happened. I was like, "Hey, this happened and I'm just confused about what it meant." And when I was like, and I looked like this, Josh was like, "Oh yeah, you're not looking beautiful." Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure yeah, I bet he was like, "This mom maybe doesn't feel seen." Yeah, and because her baby is waving and like she I want her to know she is seen. It's yeah. very I mean, you were at a Trader Joe's in Los Angeles conversing with a man in a vest. So, like, I think this sounds like par for the course. Okay. 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 Yeah. No, 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 no notes. I thought it was really nice of him. Like, I'm not like, don't say that to me. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I just was like, what just happened? What was, anyway. So that was, that's my, I feel petty because it's been on my mind since it happened because I can't, it's like, what was this interaction? But now I, I think I have a better understanding of what it is. Um. Dr. Heather, are you feeling I feel petty or sanity corner this week? I'm feeling petty. Okay. And I'm actually feeling petty at my own, like, specialty, like gynecology. Because I'm due for a pap this year. And I hate getting papsters as a patient. And I'm trying to figure out why we haven't figured out a better way to do this. Like for so long and then I'm going to be sweating and stressed and then like my butt's not going to be on the table like it's I'm stressing I've been stressing about this for two years okay and I'm like how did we not 
figure this out. Like, so that's what I'm feeling petty about. That I have to actually get a pap smear this year. And I know it doesn't like I know it doesn't have to hurt. And I know I know it doesn't have to be awful, but I still have to do it and I don't mm, want to do it. I get How that. do you find a provider? How do you find a provider that you're like this person I I trust? Oh, uh, okay. So this is <laughs> so this is really dramatic, but like so at one point, like, so we know that I was in the army. I was actually an OBGYN in the army at one point, all uh, like, and so in the military, we have to stay within our system. And so that usually means go and I'm a gynecologist going to someone I know. But the problem I had, I was stationed in a place where all of my colleagues were like bros, like gyno bros. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not letting, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting any of you guys my vagina yes i do talk about my period all day every day and try to make you feel uncomfortable but like i'm not going to take this to another <laughs> level and make you like actually have to look at it so then i like went through this whole thing and ended up going like 60 miles away whatever so i don't propose doing that but like i basically like first off i usually try to ask around see if anybody i know is seeing someone that they like and that don't give them the skis and um like treat them like a human and then i'm like i'll go to them and see what happens and then that and that has, has actually worked out a decent amount and i've actually gotten now a few folks who are like you should go to the you know to a few people so i feel good about that but oh my yeah. god gyno bros that's how i find my gyno bros gyno, gyno bros is... yeah what? military gyno bros gyno that's bros. Military guy. So that's like a bros level me. up from yeah. just regular bros. Um. So, oh yeah. So my favorite thing in residency was like there were these GYNs that I worked with, and they're amazing surgeons. They were actually very good with patients, and they didn't like talk crap about patients, but like they were such bros. <laughs> but they had all like preteen daughters. Uh. And so they were forced to listen to Taylor Swift in a car all the time <laughs> that they thought they like oh. were obsessed with Taylor Swift. So like, that's not where I thought like the story was going. Who drank like, oh, <laughs> like Red Bull. Yeah. Who had just like, they were like drinking Red Bull and just being like all bro like, but then they would be like blasting Taylor Swift from their offices. <laughs> and I was just like, where am I? Why is this a thing? You guys are like in the military too. Like it was just a lot. <laughs> a lot happening. Well, I'm glad you found someone who isn't oh a, a gyno bro to uh hopefully Yeah, I can't get, do it. Get through it. it. <laughs> get through it. And it's actually kind of comforting to know that even a person who like is an OBGYN and knows this stuff like hates pap smears too. Like we we all hate them. I hate them. It's so, so it's why by hook or by crook I will get out to see to see Dr. Heather because I haven't had a pap smear in oh, 2 yeah. or 3 years. You're I am because the my last pap smear was so traumatic that the Bronx is a short and 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 meaningless journey to be able to see (laughs) Dr. Heather. It's going to be great. Like it's going to be great. Oh man. Um, Alyssa, do you want to? Yeah, I'll tell you. I can't. I'll bring cringy stories about Welsh paratroopers. Perfect. Um, What, Erin? Are you feeling petty or Sanity Corner? Sanity Corner, you guys. Did anyone watch the Grammys? No. No. Okay. Okay. I've been out on them for a while. Guys, no, I have not watched the Grammys in 10 years. Like, like, I think the last time I watched them, like Pearl Jam performed and maybe like Nirvana was still together. (laughs) Um, But I happen to be watching 60 (laughs) Minutes as 
an unhorny person does. And it's like it was on Channel 6 up here. And so I started watching it. I was not expecting to love it. I was like, Trevor Noah, maybe. But they did so many new things. The Questlove, bringing Questlove in to produce the tribute to hip hop, the 50 year. I mean, Jesus Christ. I was on my feet. You guys, I went outside and smoked a little half of a joint because I was like, I'm dancing. Nice. And I enjoyed the shit. out. And also the Grammys felt like very intergenerational. Like it wasn't just a, like uh, in years past, it was mostly people I had never heard of. But I just sat there, the teensiest bit stoned, just downloading. Like I don't have this Lizzo song, new music. I don't know this Harry Styles song, new music. Oh, <laughs> oh, tribute to Christy McVie awesome. Anyway, I loved it. I loved that they were sitting at little tables and could talk to each other. And it was like, I mean, putting Lizzo with Adele, I loved watching them all night. They should put a camera at their table next year. Because <laughs> when they stood up and took the selfie with Beyonce when she broke the record, I mean, like the whole thing, I just thought it was fucking great. It was upbeat. I enjoyed every minute of it. I stayed up later than I should. And I'm not their target demo. So good, good job, Grammys. <laughs> It was right? fantastic. Shockingly it fantastic. fantastic. Like, I have long thought mm -hmm. that, like, award shows were dead. Like, they have no place in the world anymore. Oh, bring this show back next year exactly as they did it. It was wonderful. <laughs> mm, it was. Megan, did you see they did skywriting about the Grammys over our... Yes. I didn't see it, but I saw everybody posting about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. I was, like, not in a position to, like, read or post, and I was like... Why are why it was like a surrender Dorothy, but like about Beyonce. I was like, what's going on? Um, it was it was strange. But then I figured out what it was and I was like, mm, okay. Um, Megan, are you feeling petty or sanity corner this week? I'm feeling sane. Um, and so I want to give everyone a little update of what's happening in the sports world. Oh, Big good. things happening. LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record on Tuesday night in Los Angeles, breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. And they stopped the game. His whole family came out. They did this extensive, gorgeous tribute. And then the Lakers did go on to lose to the Thunder <laughs> right after that. So it was like kind of funny. <laughs> um, but it is it is Super Bowl week, and the NFL season has been, like, especially brutal. Uh, there's been a lot of bad things that happen. So if you are watching the game, I just want to give you some fun things that you can be looking out for. This is the first time the Super Bowl is featuring two black quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, both great guys. Uh, it's the first time that two brothers are playing opposite each other, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs and Jason Kelsey for the Eagles. And Jason Kelsey's wife is 39 weeks pregnant. She is traveling to the game with her, with her OB with her OBGYN. I'm hoping she's playing private because I'm like, if I saw a 39 week pregnant woman boarding a commercial flight, I'd be like, I gotta get off this flight. But her OBGYN is going, and her name is Casey Kelsey. So that is fun. And probably the biggest news of all, Rihanna is doing the halftime show. So there is going to be. Even though it's going to be problematic and there will be issues and it, it and we are watching men's brains bleed, there also is some fun stuff to root for. And I haven't even mentioned the dips yet. So some water cooler <laughs> chatter, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, I was like kind of bummed out by this. Super Bowl matchup, like out of all the teams that it could have been, like with the exception of, of the Bucks, These were the two that I was like, meh. About like none of them are villains. Oh, like they're not. Eagles, there's no. There's they're not. Villains. There's no villains. It's fly it's two Eagles. like really nice guy teams. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that I think that kind of makes it lack 
some of the fun, and none, they are like refusing to talk shit about each other. And it's like, okay, <laughs> can we have some fun here, boys? Uh, so it's just like kind of two good teams that yeah. respect each other. My, uh, Boring. My, my husband, my Lame. husband pointed out that Pat Mahomes <laughs> is like a new type of guy. Like he's a total new yeah. genre of guy, like a like a dorky super athlete that is like mm-hmm. an absolute mm-hmm. like he's cool sort of but like such a huge dork. I guess like maybe uh-huh. I don't know. He's like a new type of guy and every time I see him do an interview I'm like, "Oh, I just want to like give him a yeah. little like his rubber. voice is <laughs> his voice is a muppet babies. His favorite food is ketchup. Like it, <laughs> he defies the odds that he can do what he can, but he's incredible. And Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback is like a Sears catalog hunk. He is so <laughs> handsome. I have he a jersey. Is. He is. Yeah. Wow. Um one thing that's really fun Yeah. one thing that's really like fun about one. the um Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's that counts. A jersey. Um, a jersey. A jersey. A Um, one thing that's always fun about the Super Bowl is like people who don't watch football all year. And I'm not like gatekeeping. Like whatever, just watch the Super Bowl if you want. Who cares? Um, but it's really funny when there's like a hot quarterback and a bunch of people are oh, yeah. like. Oh my Who is Jimmy God. G? And you're like, we've known about Jimmy G. We've been on the front lines. Exactly. Like, ooh, the the, yeah. the kicker yeah. for the for the Chiefs. You know, like everyone. It was this is this is going to be the the time that everyone is like, look at Jalen Hurts's face, and and it's like always yeah. kind of like a it's a, like a fun moment. Um, and he has the first female agent, a black woman, representing him, and that's yes, the first time that's ever happened too. So there's some like real. It feels progressive even though it is not you know like there's mm-hmm. there's 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 steps going there's steps mm-hmm. forward well megan gailey i'm thank you for that sports update every time you come on i i like i like this tradition <laughs> of, of megan being like here's a little sports you can eat, have some if you want you don't need to have it but here's a little bit of sports um thank you so much everybody for joining me today dr heather irabunda thank you so much megan gailey thank you as always Alyssa. thank you for being my ride or die and listeners, thanks to all of you. And we, Alyssa, we have another very special thank you for this oh, week, yes. right? Yes, take it away. So, Alyssa, yeah. our amazing editor, Sarah, is going to be transitioning off. She is. Into the horizon. And we have a new editor taking over. We're really excited about her. But for right now, we want to say a thank you to Sarah. She's a great editor. She has been a joy to work with. Okay, so she started Hysteria in the middle of the pandemic. Yes. And edited the show every single week, despite the fact that Caroline is, no offense, Caroline, a bit of a nutcase. In a good way. <laughs> in a good way. In the in best a way. way you want your producer to be. Uh, texting her panicked and being like, can you do this? Can you do this? And Sarah could always take it on. She ends every text thread with a Prince GIF. GIF? Is it GIF or GIF, Aww. guys? What? I say GIF. GIF. I, I love Prince. She I ends, say GIF. She I ends every text really? conversation with a Prince GIF. Oh. Well, Sarah has done great work for Hysteria, and she's super talented and hardworking, and we will miss her dearly. So thank you, Sarah. Best wishes, and thank you, Sarah. And, uh... If you like what you're hearing, listeners, go ahead, rate us, review us, tell your friends. Actually, the best review is like a 
recommendation that one of your friends listen to it. Um, and there will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroot. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.